0: Moura, oh, it. It. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, a Tottenham Hotspur themed show brought to you today by a couple of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. Guys, welcome back. It's our first episode after Christmas and our last episode of the year. I'll come to you first, Dave. Did you have a good Christmas? Football aside, we're not talking about the football yet.
1: Well, football, there wasn't any, so um, <laughs> I had fine Christmas because I had yeah, nothing no to celebrate or, or uh, be upset about. But yeah, a bit of COVID in the plus day of household, oh so we've been hunkered down, making turkey and uh, being merry, which has been yeah, fine. Fair enough, good, good to good hear. Time.
0: Very good. And Elio joins me again, as always. Welcome back, Elio. How was your Christmas? Hello. Christmas was fine. I see I you're am... wearing one of your gifts.
2: I am wearing my This was a gift to myself, actually.
0: Tell our listeners what you're wearing right now, what you're sporting, especially for the podcast.
2: I'm sporting a replica of the 1984 Cup final kit. So, yeah, that was a little gift to myself because for my birthday I received a medium version of the current season's kit and sadly medium is a ship that has long since sailed for me and uh i thought i'd uh, uh, get something in my size for myself for christmas so uh yeah, yeah. That, that that's quite good and uh yeah christmas was fine spurs made it better when we eventually did get allowed to play football mm. it has felt as if the premier league didn't want to ever let us play again at points but no it was nice to be back and we performed well both fixtures we found either side
1: did you uh did you win that ufc final we did all right I was just checking <laughs> the No, for no. those were in the
0: days this. where we didn't celebrate just getting to the final we actually we won trophies back in those days Dave so yeah it's uh, a little while ago you get a shirt yeah. for the Champions League final as well I'm sure there is one out there somewhere there's probably a DVD as well commemorative exactly yeah exactly but yeah Leo, as you say Spurs definitely gave you a couple of extra bonus presents with a couple of very nice performances which we are going to talk about because of course it has been a little while since our last episode and we've had two matches to look back on of course one being in the cup against West Ham One being against Crystal Palace in the league and at the time of recording, it's actually Monday night, so it's worth mentioning that we are recording before the Southampton game and by the time this goes up and you're listening to it, that game will have already happened. But we thought we might actually have a go at looking back on it and reviewing it. In any case, we're going to just have a go, have a stab. Why not? We're not going to be constrained by time.
2: Dagus, I've got a bit of challenge Dagus for you today. Have you? Given that I'm wearing this shirt, I just thought I'll throw this in there randomly. This has just come to me. Who did we play and beat in the 1984 Cup final?
0: See, this is going to be embarrassing if I get it wrong, but what I can do is I can re-record it afterwards and make it look like I knew the answer straight away. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I have a feeling I do know. I believe John. it was Anderlecht. Correct. And how did we beat Anderlecht? What was the score? We scored more goals than they did. <laughs> was it Was it 1-0? <laughs> is that true? Playing no, it's playing it safe, true. isn't it? <laughs> was it 1-0? Is that even close? Uh,
2: you are you are wrong. It was a two-all draw, and we won on penalties with um, really? with a uh, penalty save from Tony Parks, which you should be ashamed for not recalling. Well, not recalling you weren't born, but for I not knowing not that, because be that fair. is one of our most iconic moments.
0: Well, I'm mildly embarrassed, but I'm happy that I at least got part of it right. So that's not too bad. But that's why I'm the host and you're the expert. so you know. <laughs> But uh, but moving on, as I say, we are going to talk about a few games. And of course, we're going to have a look forward to our next game in the Cup, which is against Chelsea, starting with the away legs. So we'll come on to talk about that as well. We all love Chelsea, as we talked about last week in so much detail. Mm. But taking it right back, let's start to go through the games one by one. I want you guys to cast your minds back to the Cup game against West Ham, which feels like a long time ago now. Uh, I must admit I had to go and refresh myself and have a look at the highlights again, but a pretty good result and avenging the defeat from the last time we played them as well. Mm. Elio, how did you find the West Ham game? Um,
2: in honesty, we didn't overly play that well, but we dug in, we showed a lot of character, and when we did have the ball, we played pretty good football. Both our goals were nice goals, but our goalkeeper did have to play a blinder to get us to a semi-final, he did. and I think that was somewhat reflective of our chaotic schedule at the moment in terms Mm. of match preparations disruption having just had the training ground closed and had COVID, all that kind of thing and on top of that the fact that even if we on paper have better players than West Ham West Ham know exactly what they're doing under their manager whereas we're kind of still getting there so yeah I would say that if that game was played in six months' time, it would be a lot more comfortable for us. But at this point, West Ham Mm -hmm. are a good side, and I'm glad we held on.
0: And you saw what happened the last time we played them, and you can see the progress from them, but there's a clear difference. We struggled to break them down, didn't we? Absolutely. I mean, the
2: the last time we played them was Nuno Ball, and it it was not fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It was not fun at all. That may well have been the game that he should have gone for, to tell you the truth. (laughs) Uh,
0: One of many. Well,
2: yeah. But uh, uh, ultimately, every time I see a positive performance right now and I see a bit of an improvement from the last match, I'm happy.
0: It's interesting when we were talking about the Liverpool game and I made a comment of what, what will happen if we play against Crystal Palace the way we played against Liverpool. You said we won't because it's a different game because it's not going to be as open. I actually think the Palace game, we did actually score a couple of goals in the break. So maybe it was a bit closer than we expected. But the West Ham game was kind of the opposite mm. coming immediately off that Liverpool game in the sense that they didn't exactly park the bus, but they did sit fairly deep at times and they were very organised and we weren't really able to do the kind of devastating counterattacks and we actually had a different challenge. and We had to kind of unpick the defence a little bit which it's good to see we're able to do, it seems.
2: Well, it seems that a couple of our players that are meant to be able to play in tight spaces actually did play in tight spaces quite well. And and that's what Mm. got us that result. I mean, particularly Bergwine, I'd say that that's easily his best game for us since maybe his debut. But Lucas obviously is continuing to ram my words down my throat and many other (laughs) fans as well. And yeah, I think it's nice to see that we can actually find a different Way, but that's what Conte is meant to be about in fairness. He's meant to be about in game changes to change the dynamic of the match. He's meant to be able to set up the opponents, but let's not make any bones about it. Loris is the reason why we're in the semi-final against Chelsea yeah. because he made some really, really good saves to get us there, and I really hope they plan on giving him whatever he wants to extend his contract, to tell you the truth, because yeah we're not replacing him with someone as good in a million years. No,
0: absolutely, and he's probably got a few good years left in him, yeah. And we both basically said the same text at the same time in the group saying Hugo man of the match after he made one of a yeah. string of brilliant saves. How high in the priorities for Spurs would you say it is to secure his new contract or to keep him longer would you say that that is priority number one over bringing in perhaps a backup striker or another centre back or um, the signings we might make
2: it's hard to know because you also have to wonder what he even wants as well he's 35 he's won a world yeah. cup captain his country dozens might upon go dozens go of times he he might want to go home win mm. a couple of leagues with PSG or something like that I mean you never know because
0: but... they haven't got any keepers <laughs> <laughs> yeah be the third choice keeper at PSG I mean Loris is still be better than life. both
2: Donnarumma and Caelan Well. Lourdes. I mean, I'm uh, sure
0: you're not alone to think of that. Dave, what do you think of of Hugo Lloris? I know you said previously well, that he's the second best French goalkeeper in the exactly. league. Exactly. It must be nice to but, keep France's number two <laughs> if you can. In all, in all seriousness, where do you think he ranks in the goalkeepers in the Premier League or in the world for that matter, from what you've seen? I know it's hard to rank goalkeepers. But well, he's a, a world class
1: goalkeeper, isn't he? He's certainly in the top 10. I think his, his distribution is good, his shot stopping is surprisingly good for a relatively small guy. Um, he, he, he can really stretch and pick them out of the top corner obviously as he should against West Ham
0: Yeah,
1: I do think he is he does have that mad streak in him and he has that tendency to do something very very stupid mm. Um, you know there's every, there's every mm. chance that you know he might get player of the season for a season where he just doesn't make one of those mistakes <laughs> <Yeah>. um, because <laughs> yeah. he does do so His much default for the is team brilliant. but yeah. then sometimes mm. frequently he does something a bit Silly and he makes goes. a mistake. Not, not so but much, that's, last but that's years, you though. know that's the life of a goalkeeper. I think I mm-hmm. think there are, are there any goalkeepers in the world that are you know living on the edge and make one or two insane mistakes now and again? Mm-hmm. there especially are especially in the, the age of the sweeper keeper where they it's run the life out. of the goalkeeper. Yeah, even exactly. exactly. Allison, yeah. Allison. Allison a perfect
0: example. You guys. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah, he had a good game other than that, but
2: yeah, exactly. And I think the other point on that is that goalkeepers aren't allowed to make a mistake. They make a mistake, it's a goal. Whereas yeah, yeah, anyone making an equally it. bad yeah. mistake anywhere else on the pitch doesn't mm. get punished the way a goalkeeper does. And Spurs, unfortunately, for a couple of years now have probably been a team that concedes way more shots than we should be conceding. So the mm. law of averages suggest that at some point he's not going to get it right. But yeah. uh, I, th- I think I think everything you say is fair and he definitely does have that mastery because he showed the world in the World Cup final. Um, thankfully, mm. France yeah. were already 3-0 up or whatever it was at the time. But, of course, yeah. But uh, he... I he, find
1: that fascinating. Fascinating because those things are heroes or villains made, aren't they? You know, yeah. if if they had that, that final ten minutes, oh my god,
0: yeah, it would have been Loris Carius esque. Yeah, it would been it'd yeah. been effigies. <laughs> oh. Well, look, Hugo was obviously one of the standout performers in that game, but he wasn't the only great player. And a couple of others you mentioned, Lucas and Bergwijn. Lucas, let's hold off on talking about Lucas until we talk about the next game because he continued to be brilliant and probably was the man of the match mm. in the Palace game. In all honesty, but let's let's talk about Bergwijn because he kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, and it's a player that he's one of these that's just always been a little bit of a disappointment, a lot of promise, a lot of buzz, but never really materialised, never really got a run in the team. I mean, it's just as an illustration, Dave, if I asked you to tell me about Stephen. Bergwijn would you really have much to say I mean is it somebody that you were really familiar with or have you seen much of him
1: no I get I get the feeling that he's a I remember him signing and I remember there being excitement exactly yeah I hate to say it but I feel like it feels similar to the way that there was general excitement about Brian Hill and he doesn't get that much of a looking at the moment and that's kind of what Bergwijn was what was two years ago when he signed uh yeah Yeah. January 2020 so yeah so
0: he's been with us so it's um Mm. Yeah, I mean, if he is going to do something, then I guess it's about time. He came in, and there was a lot of fuss. I remember, if you recall, the Amazon documentary, they covered his whole transfer, and there was talk about it being a really exciting, one of the most sought-after players in Europe, and we paid a lot of money for him. And then, his debut, he scored a goal against Man City, a really nice goal. And suddenly, we're thinking, oh, yeah, this is a bit of a gem. And he kind of went missing. And I saw an interview with Deli Ali not that long ago, actually, where someone was asking him, "Are you the most skillful player in training at Spurs?" And he's like, "No, Stephen Bowen is a magician." I The stuff he does with the ball is insane. And I was sitting there thinking, are we talking about the same Stephen Bergwine here? Because I've not really seen that much. Apart from a few weeks ago, he did a little kind of what was it, an elastico on the touchline to get past someone, and we all thought, oh, that was nice, where's that been? But that was it. In the whole game, he didn't really do very much. But against West Ham, I think he was... I think you was got
2: to say, you've got to give him a bit of slack for the fact that since he's arrived, he's been managed for 18 months by Jose Mourinho, and then another, another sort of few by Nuno, who was found wanting when it came to working with attackers. And Mourinho basically had him playing as a secondary right-back yeah. in his sort of mass attempt to protect Aurea with as many places as possible. He had Sissoko right central midfield, he had yeah. Sanchez tucked far out to the right, he had Bergwine as the sort of right wing back in front of Aurea, the right back. I mean What did he say about yeah.
0: Aurea? He said, You scare me or something.
2: Exactly. So I think Bergwijn was absolutely let down by a manager who was using a guy who's meant to be primarily an attacking player as just this very hard working player with a bit of pace to, to shore us mm-hmm. up and you ask a kid today he's only what, 22, 23 he's not going to enjoy that he's going to hate doing that constantly and his task is basically can I just get the ball as quickly to Kane and Son as possible he, he came from PSV as sort of one of their main men and he was playing for Holland at the time we signed him as well so so that kind of thing will have hurt his confidence he also picked up an injury fairly early on as well which never helps so, so maybe there is hope for him my gut still tells me that if we got a good bid for him we would sell him to try and reinforce in an area that we require first team improvements because he is not first team right now. But we'll see if he can pick up from where he left against West Ham, then that saves us a bit of money and gives us a dangerous player.
0: Well, let's talk about his performance against West Ham in a bit more detail then. He was involved in both goals, scored one, made one. Uh, Dave, Mm. do you remember either of these goals? I'm putting you on the spot now because we're going back not one, but two games for you to dig out your notes. I'm sure you're sitting there with a big pile of detailed notes about Spurs right now. Yeah, hang on. Get to to page 16, maybe.
1: Um, I did, I did see I did see the highlights, Yeah, and I do remember the second goal. I can't remember yeah. the first one, to be honest. You're going to have to jog my
0: memory. Well, the first one was a goal. He scored the first one, and it was kind of a 1-2, but not a traditional 1-2. He, he held the ball up quite well. In fact, Elio, do you want to describe the goal Dave? I feel like I'm jumping in. on stepping on your toes here a little bit.
2: Um, I mean, I think you were doing quite well there. I mean, to tell I you carry the, the truth, it was the second goal that I was happy with, with there. the skill that yeah. he showed to, to lay it off for Mora. But mm. I think he got the ball he actually played back to goal and he held it up quite nicely that's it yeah
0: and played it with
2: I think Hojbjerg running through yeah it was Hojbjerg on the right Yeah, and uh, then actually pl- I don't know if he swiped at it or if he actually placed it into the corner but it was a nice hit and and, mm. and a good a good goal um, I think seeing a small guy like that holding it up well with his back to goal is always nice to see it's sort of listen, he's not a centre forwards but he's a player that has got a little bit of power in him and he used mm. it there
0: am I right in thinking that Conte has come out and said that he sees Bergwijn as a striker or as a centre forward because I think we were talking when he first came in about maybe Bergwijn could be our our Victor Moses and he could be converted into a right wing back or something along those lines but he has said that has he
2: Uh, He did say that, but I'm inclined to think that he's almost trying not to put the price of every striker in Europe up when he makes that comment, because it is pretty much obvious (laughs) to everyone that we are after a striker. So
0: I think Mm, he's being a bit cute. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah.
2: But yeah, listen, if he's improving like this, then great. But I think Lucas is the real one to get excited about at the moment.
0: Definitely. but. Speaking of Lucas, he scored the second goal and it was Bergwijn again, you mentioned earlier, you were more impressed with his involvement in that. And It was actually, he kind of dropped his shoulder, didn't he, and went past, I think it was Lanzini, just mm. skipped past him, really good feet, took it out wide and then played a really nice cutback. Great finish from Lucas and a great run from Lucas to get in. But we talked about Lucas before, um, maybe this is a good time to kind of take it over to to talk about him Last week, we were talking about him, and I asked you if you think that maybe Conte has the tools to turn him into a world class player, and maybe that he's just been missing this one thing, and perhaps he's almost there and just needs a good coach. And we said maybe he's a bit old, and if he hasn't figured it out by now, maybe he won't. But we've kind of revised that, haven't we? We talked after the game yesterday, and you seem to be thinking, in fact, you asked me, could it be that Lucas Mora has finally learned how to play football at the age of whatever he is, 29, 30. It's I mean, not unheard of, is it?
2: Listen, he's always had in him to do the things he's doing at the moment in sort of fits and starts, but it's the mm. consistency with which he's done it over the past few games, but it's still just a few games, so let's still not get too far ahead of ourselves. But I mean, of start, starting off That's what with... what we do. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but his performances... Might be a football
0: fan if you can't get ahead of yourself.
2: Her performances all season have been great in the way he's been breaking the press for us, dragging our team forward. And he, he's played very well, especially since since Conte came in, to tell you the truth. Mm. The goal against Norwich, we already sort of discussed in great depth. Potential yep. goal of the season, absolutely sort of wonderful strike. But I think he he scores now... Is it three or four games in a row potentially? I mean, he probably close to that. Yeah, he
1: every game apart from the Liverpool game. Yeah,
2: every game apart from the Liverpool game. Mm. So he scored against Norwich. He scored against uh, West Ham, obviously. Uh, and he's right, making he's assists as Chad well. Finish. and he's getting assists. I mean, Palace one very very nice header, harder than the header that he missed a few minutes before that. And <laughs> and he made yeah. two goals for for Kane and for for Son, and both really really good crosses. I mean. Mm. This is what you want from, especially when you're playing this sort of 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, or whatever you want to call it, system, you need all the designated forwards to be contributing. Because if you've only got two goal threats on the pitch, you're not going to be up to much against teams that just decide, well, we're going to sit on those two and not worry about the rest. So by having Lucas there as well and playing like this, it, it adds a really, really nice dimension to our play. I think the only remaining worry I have with him even if he does keep up this form is that I think we've looked a little bit better in the 352 than the 343. I think we've mm. looked a little bit more controlled in the way we play. Yeah. We've looked a little bit more dangerous as a unit, whereas in the three-four-three, yeah. we're almost still reliant on the quick breakaway, the counter, the the magic moments. Whereas three-five-two mm. in the game against Liverpool, all right, I know that's the one game we didn't win, but it's still probably it was the arguably a better best performance. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it, it remains to be seen how things evolve, mm. but I think right now. He, he's made himself undroppable and if we're playing a 3-4-3 three, three to accommodate Lucas he justifies that
0: and as good as he's been you just can't see Son or Kane being dropped for him anytime soon can you
2: so the last time he hit this kind of form was in 2019. It wasn't just the goals against Ajax that year. He was actually he actually scored 10 goals in the league that year as well. As a bit part yeah. player, and I think he got a hat trick in the league right after the hat trick against Ajax as well, or right before. And he he finished that season so strongly, basically dragged us into fourth with Harry Kane injured for the last month of the season, and mm-hmm. then got dropped for the final. Pochettino's worst decision ever, yeah, by far. I know hindsight's a glorious thing, but hmm. the guy was on fire at that point. You don't want to say a player's taken two years to recover his confidence, but it probably yeah, but did everyone has him a to little an extent. Bit.
0: I mean, who who didn't suddenly fall apart after that final? Everyone did. I mean, we we just yeah. didn't start the next season the same way, and it's going to have an effect to varying degrees on the players, I suppose. So, if you're if you're Brazil manager, basically, Elio, and it's a choice between him and Rafinha, it's Lucas be <laughs> straight in the team, right? <laughs> I
2: think if I'm Brazil manager, I find a way to get both of them. Yeah, in both the team. of them in. Yeah, if Lucas um, isn't going to play yeah, for Brazil.
0: Yeah, Neymar. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Ne- Neymar's probably injured anyway, so yeah. No, that's and fine. he plays um, in the
2: league that's worse than the championship.
0: <laughs> uh, on that point dave i mean we talked about lucas last week and and the idea that you know he's 29 now and and mm. he's he's always been here and missed. do you think that a player can rejuvenate his career and actually become a world-class player at that age or do you think you need to have learned the tools at an earlier point in your career to really well, level up and I mean, go to that point
1: i feel like we have to eat a little bit of humble pie with our turkey dinners <laughs> um, for Christmas, because I do yeah. think that, you know, the goal against Norwich, which we, which we said, you know, I, I, I think I, Norway, I remember I it? said it was like a, almost like the opposite of a brain fart. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Where like he became whereas, possessed for a moment. Exactly. Yeah. And then he's like, oh my God, what, what just happened? You just got an amazing goal. Oh, yeah. well done, mate. Um, performance against West Ham, but more important, performance against Palace. I know we'll talk mm. about Palace in a minute, but the one word that I've written down in my notes, because I do write notes, for both goals that he scored, is desire you know you, yeah yeah and and that's the most important thing i mm. think in terms of what we're seeing at the moment because 29 isn't old if you want it <laughs> 29 isn't yeah. too old if you've got the desire and you've got there's something inside you that makes you go you know what i think i can do this i think yeah. i've got it in me conte won't think that he's too old as long mm. as you can put the yards in and you can follow his instruction and he's obviously doing that he's obviously um favored by by the new manager, and then um, he's returning. So I, I, yeah, he has to start again yeah. for the moment. I mean, yes, Norwich, Palace, West Ham in the cup. You know, mm. I think that we talked about him as a solid seven out of ten when he's surrounded by good players in mm. Son and Kane but I would say at the moment he's performing on the same level as both of them if not a little bit better and that's been consistent for well three out of the last four games which yeah. means we should be apologising to him basically <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: well let's let's hold off a little bit let's give him a few more games because as Elio said he's gone through okay, a couple of yeah. patches before but, uh, score it's another weird, two goals I'll...
1: in the next two games and we'll let you off exactly <laughs> no, I
0: was saying this Elio, Like we've, we grew up in an era where 30 was kind of curtain call you know like that was old for a footballer whereas nowadays I know, know Ronaldo is a bit of a freak but you do get players Players, you know, Abi before, Buffon. You get players playing way into their mid thirties. So messy. I, I feel like, yeah, Messi, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. And and you think like, it's very easy to forget that a lot of players actually come into their prime around this age. And I was saying to Elio that Mo Salah is, I think, the same age as Lucas Moura, and he is. The difference is he's been outstanding for a number of years now, but he's potentially playing his best ever football right now at the age of 29, 30. So maybe well, the listen, best is yet si- to come.
2: He my favourite ever player, David Jinnler, at course, the age of 30. course, yeah. And
0: that was a long time ago as well.
2: So I think sometimes it's probably exaggerated the whole 30 thing based on the way things might have been decades before we even existed and started watching football, uh, but... <laughs> It would have been nice if we'd had this for a few years, like Liverpool had with Salah. <laughs> it would have, I think when it? we signed and we hoped we were getting a Salah, and we obviously did not. But to tell you the truth, he, he's having a great season. He's probably our player of the season out of our attackers so far, and, and mm. long may it continue.
0: Well, talking of older players, let's take it to a slightly younger player that we talk about every single week. Let's just quickly talk about Oliver Skip because yet again, he continues to impress. I was really impressed by his last minute sliding interception at the back post when Suchek was about to unleash what would have been an equaliser, I think, in the West Ham game, which was maybe a bit risky, but pretty good. And he's just continuing to play very well.
2: He's our best midfielder.
0: Yeah. How many midfielders out there in the league would you take over him at the moment?
2: Oh, uh- Obviously, there's many midfielders that are currently way ahead of him. He's not yeah. getting into the City team at the moment. He's there's not no getting Audrey. into Liverpool's team when they're not all injured or COVID-ridden or or whatever Klopp wants to complain about next. Um, mm. He He's probably not getting into the Chelsea team either when they've got um, Kante, Kovacic and Jorginho. But mm. you wouldn't make the expect Man United out of him team. at this stage... Uh, I think he makes the United team. I, I do. I, mm. I, I, I think... Uh, you you put him in there and they've got an actual leader in the middle again.
1: That's the most ridiculous thing about Man United though. They've got so many good midfielders. Yeah. But you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's just that, that type of midfielder that they're missing, isn't it? That's the thing. The
2: way I see it is I, I look at sort of some of the other young midfielders that people are, are raving about at the moment, Connor Gallagher and Tominy and um who, who's the other Chelsea boy? The Scottish boy, Billy Billy, um, Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. One of Norwich, and all. I think Skip looks better than the loss of them. All right, I know Conor Gallagher scored a lot of goals, but it's the all-round game Skip has. And Conte has actually said he wants to improve his all-round game, which is which is quite a scary thought, but also 21. Yes, you hope that he's not at the end of his progression already. I think he's going to be a starter for England at some point. Maybe not in time for the next World Cup, but mm. I, I think he is going absolutely the right way. And I I know it's always very easy to overate your own youngsters um, because you're always desperate for your own sort of youth products to do well. But I'm looking at a guy who is really taking far more control of matches than you'd expect a 21-year-old midfielder with a dozen appearances to his name to do. So, yeah, uh, I'm happy. He's the next
0: Fabian Delph. (laughs) Poor Harry Winks. You stole the show last week, and now we've gone right back to talking about Skip again and forgotten all about him.
1: That's what you want though, isn't it? You want somebody to come in and play well and then you want somebody to see that somebody who's come in and played yeah, well and played better. Each that's other. that's exactly what you want.
0: There's no sense of any of the players on the pitch thinking this is my place nailed down apart from maybe Kane to an extent. But even he, as we'll talk about, he's he's scored in, well, let's talk about Kane. He's scored in two league games in a row now for the first time in God knows how long. That's got to be encouraging. A couple of nice goals as well. <laughs>
2: About time mm. is uh, fair. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think um, he's been playing well for a few games now. He's mm. bit by bit getting a bit of confidence in front of goal again. The encouraging thing for me is that he's actually making sprints and getting chances again. Yeah. in Kane, for someone who actually has the most unbelievable finish on occasion, he actually has a fairly sort of okay like standard, what you'd expect from a good striker. Conversion rate. He he's not mm. got as good a conversion rate as. Right, I know Lewandowski's playing on the centre- with he is a freak who plays with centre backs who don't put quite as much pressure as Premier League centre backs, but some things yeah. like that. But but he doesn't have sort of a conversion rate of one in four like Lewandowski or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think he he scores fewer than one in five shots, but he also does take some outrageous shots that lead to outrageous goals that he has no he right to He does
0: outperform take. his XG though regularly. I know you're a massive XG fan, of you? Mm-hmm. But there's one star. I think him and Son have traditionally mm-hmm. led the charts in terms of outperforming their XG on shots.
2: I've always preferred a striker who gets a lot of chances and mm. isn't completely dead-eye accurate to a striker who has... Raheem Sterling, for example. Has, yeah, to someone who has an unbelievable shot but can never find space to get those shots off. I mean one of the best shooters of the ball we ever had was Roman Pavlichenko and because I remember guy, his
0: YouTube highlights real. don't worry you don't have to tell but me unfortunately
2: <laughs> because the guy didn't actually want to move away from a five meter circumference all game long he never got more than one chance every 17 years I mean only Berbatov
0: can get away with that
2: Exactly, so so I, I like the fact that Harry Kane is actually running and getting in his sprints and is chasing down goalkeepers and making things happen for himself again, and mm. I wouldn't be surprised, and so I don't think he'll hit the 20 mark this season because he started the season a bit too badly, he'd have to have phenomenal form for the rest of the season, and we're also not playing Harry Kane ball anymore under Conte, which I'll get to in a bit, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets upwards of 15, which would be very
0: respectable. Mm. Well, we kind of moved on to the Spurs-Palace game now. So let's talk about that. So it's worth mentioning, actually, two teams that we've lost to last time we played, which is nice mm. to see. So we've overturned a little bit of, uh, of, of vengeance, a little bit of redemption there. So very nice overturning that result last time. And a little bit of a uh, poetic justice in the red card as well, which we'll get onto in a minute. But let's go through the Palace game. I mean, first of all, would you say it was quite comfortable? After the first 10, 15 minutes, I don't think I was particularly worried at any point in that game.
2: Palace had a good opening ten minutes, or we had a bad opening ten minutes, and then we strolled it. I don't think
1: we left second gear all match.
0: How did you find that game, Dave? Did you catch much of that? I saw every
1: minute, every of that minute. Game. You'll be happy to I'm know. delighted a, to hear a, that. A COVID positive. <laughs> I might say. Yeah. In case, um, yeah, but yeah, I. Uh, I- kind of agree I think what minute did you score your first goal in oh, now you're testing us it wasn't that was early an hour. 25 it was about minutes about half an maybe? hour I yeah, don't yeah. think you were comfortable until until you scored but I think mm. from the moment you scored it was done yeah it was game over especially how quickly Mora scored the second and then obviously Zaha mm. did what he did I think as soon as that all happened in that very short space of time then it was game over. I thought I think one of us mentioned it. It might be you, Dags, to be honest. On mm. the chat, I was like, "I'm getting worried <laughs> because you hadn't scored, and they yeah. were they, and they were getting back into the game, getting back into the game at the start, They didn't yeah. they, they didn't really have any clear chances, but it felt like you know well in the same way that the first time that you guys played, you know, something went wrong. In Tanganga sent off, and it all went pear shaped. There was a chance. But uh, 0 no, nil no. in this game yeah. that the, the same could have happened but as soon as he scored it was game over and, and it was a
0: lovely first goal yeah for me the reason I said that there like, was, was a sense of this could be one of those days and it was probably as much superstition or paranoia as anything else because we were giving a few balls away it wasn't really clicking and we missed a couple of opportunities to create attacks and I was thinking we're going to rue these missed chances and they'll score and the whole game will go elsewhere but as soon as the goal went in it was quite relaxing to the point where as a neutral I imagine it was Almost a bit dull to watch at that point because it was probably one-way traffic after that point, wasn't it? Yeah, I say I, miss, I say I
1: watch every minute.
0: I'm pretty sure I dozed off in those seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite like watching Man City put seven past the team, sorry Dave. Exactly, that was, exactly. Cheap. That you was know, a cheap you, shot. You
1: don't want to take, you don't want to take your eyes off that. No, no, mm-hmm. no, exactly.
0: But you mentioned the first goal was about was 25 minutes in. So let's get on to, to the goals. So yeah, Mora showed some incredible pace. mean, we, we, we always knew he had that, but again, another assist involving the goal Elio. took me through that goal
2: i mean it was just a nice move wasn't it the, the mm. simple sort of the way the it was simple but the way we sort of won the ball back And the moment we won the ball we knew what we were doing with it and mm. got it out to emerson emerson played that lovely sort of yeah. side rule pass for, with his left, for lucas actually. and uh yeah it was he kind of cut in onto his left and played it through didn't he mm. uh rather than playing it around the outside and and lucas Just outpaced, I think, Terrick Mitchell, who's a quick player himself. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, you can't have any complaints about sort of Lucas's cross, Harry Kane's finish. It it was all just well-constructed and purposeful, and that's the bit that's changed under Conte from basically the previous two years.
0: And that's the thing, as soon as the ball kind of wobbled loose and Emerson picked it up, you saw Lucas just shift and make that run before the pass was made. He started making that run. And Dave, you mentioned earlier about his his desire and the fact that he is, he's trying to get into those positions and he's making runs forward. And he did that for his goal and he did that for that goal as well. He's, he's really trying to to get into attacking positions and it's hard to think that that isn't part of Conte's vision. Mm. Let's talk about his goal then. So I don't know how tall Lucas is, but he doesn't strike me as a as a particularly tall man, but he can <laughs> jump. And he can run and he can get into positions and he got a header in but it wasn't just a header was it? Because he started to move off.
2: He did. He he won the ball well. He laid it off nicely and then he just kept running. Uh, it's sort of almost a box-to-box midfielder type of goal. It's the sort of goal you'd associate with someone like Brian Robson or someone like that or, or Steven Gerrard yeah. as opposed to sort of a tricky little winger but he's always been good in the air and I mm. think it just epitomises the commitment and the energy he's bringing to everything that he does. I mean, yeah. he, if If someone who wasn't a massive football watcher sort of just watched their own team and maybe knew a lot of what they knew about players from what they saw on FIFA or Football Manager or something like that, if you ask them about Lucas, they'd probably think, tricky winger, not much end products, lots of yeah. tricks up his sleeve, that kind of thing. But they wouldn't think this guy who's winning tackles in the centre circle, laying it off yeah, and charging yeah. through into the into the box to finish the move that he started with, a header out leaping, a six foot two centre back, and actually mm. flooring that six foot two centre back in the process. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's not he what where he was.
0: That centre back so... did not know Lucas was there. He got flattened.
2: He did. and I mean, it was a great header and I don't think there were any complaints about it, but I, I just i think lucas is sort of something snapped and he's just sort of tearing up the script ever so slightly
0: mm. do you think lucas could play i'm not saying he should or that we should do it but do you think he could play wing back? um because he's, he's got the energy the stamina
2: i wouldn't want to move a guy who's actually scoring and making goals the way he is at the moment know, this is
0: from. a pure hypothetical i'm not suggesting we do it but it, you know for argument's sake if we had to have someone there do you think he could do a job and fill in or well, do you not think I mean, he's got no, the defensive I'm sure, no I'm sure he could
2: I think Bergwijn because he's a bit more robust and a bit sort of he's already had lots of practice as a right wing back under Mourinho anyway I think he'd be the more likely one for me but uh, I'm sure he could but I, mm. I, I've been defending Emerson all along and I like him and I'd rather see how he can improve and evolve because he probably had his best game for us the other day as well
0: yeah and Emerson was involved in both of those goals as well it must be said he played that ball with his left as you said earlier and he's the one who put the cross in for Lucas's header mm. so. So very, very good from him. I think another player that we we weren't writing off, but we were saying we weren't sure about his credentials as a right wing back last week, and he's starting to prove us wrong as well. Um Dave, what have you made of, of Emerson so far this season? I know I've asked you this before, but yeah, these answers change and he's had a couple of good games. What do you make of him as an attacking outlet for a start?
1: Um I think he's definitely grown into the role. I uh I don't really see any issues mm. uh, with him as a footballer i i think he's good i think he gets forward well he's leggier than i thought he was you know the first couple of months uh, where i was watching him i thought oh he's a decent a decent wingback but I, I don't know why it almost feels like his legs have grown like a few inches because it feels like he is just <laughs> striding more maybe it's a yeah. confidence thing i don't know maybe it's just me just actually paying attention or i'm mistaken for somebody else um but uh, i will party but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, he's definitely got the energy, got the fitness yeah. levels to be able to bomb on. And uh, mm-hmm. and ultimately in the, in a team like this, and you know the reason we talk about Victor Moses and his ability to you know become a left wing back was the fact that he had the, the fitness levels and the understanding of the way in which mm-hmm. Conte worked. Two of those things put together means mm-hmm. that that you you guarantee to play. So yeah, um, he's definitely got the fitness levels because he can go up and down that right hand side quite well. And I guess it's just it remains to be seen if he fully understands the role that he's supposed to be playing. But so far, yeah. definitely so good. I think he's, he seems to be improving every game, which
0: is what you want. He's he's just not spectacular is he which isn't a criticism it's just that I think we've come to expect Brazilian wingers to be you know <laughs> Roberto Carlos and Cafu or at least lesser versions of them and he's not he's, he's very kind of effective he's consistent and he does what he needs to do but he's not the kind of player who's going to get the crowd off their feet or wow you necessarily he's just a good part of an attack I suppose I think maybe I said that's this why. when
2: we signed him and listen he, he looks like a wan type mainly for us a very defensive exactly. yeah. right back for us but I think when we signed him I, I did say that only Jordi Alba had assisted more from from fullback in the La league last season, yeah. and that doesn't suggest a guy who's incapable of contributing to an attack. It's just people look at sort of the likes of I don't know, Tarek Lamptey and um, mm. and and the whatnot and see sort of these rapid sort of whippets of players, and they get it in their head that that's the only like people are, people yeah. are so binary about what makes a good footballer or not in every given yeah. Yeah. position. So. Not fast can't be a fullback. Not strong can't be a centre forward. Mm. Not uh, aggressive can't be a central midfield. Like people need to, to open their horizons a bit more because there's a good player there and he does have a nice pass and a nice cross. He he plays okay one touch football, which is. Probably far more effective than an absolutely rapid player who can't play one touch football in terms of getting the ball up pitch quickly.
0: Before Conte came in,
2: well, yeah, quite or or Son uh, still, Um, (laughs) and and I I just feel like you're talking about 22 year old Brazil international here. He can't be that bad, really, can he? (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: no, he'd like to think not. The other guy who was involved in both of those two goals that we mentioned so far was Harry Kane, who mm. obviously scored the first one with a pretty confident finish, as we said. For a guy who's not been scoring week in, week out, he took that well. I know the keeper got a hand to it, but it looked like the finish of a striker who thinks, I'm going to bury this.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Harry Kane played well. Again, he played well against Liverpool too. He only actually had the one real chance in this game and, mm. and he took it. And I think I said before, this is well. I kind of want to talk about the evolution of the team and what we're seeing now. I think we're not playing Harry Kane ball now. And that's actually mm. going to get more out of yeah. Harry Kane as a result. We're spreading the goals around. We're not just thinking what's the fastest way to get. Listen, he is our focal point. He's our centre forward. So ultimately, okay. he should end up our top scorer and get so our most chances. Harry Kane but...
0: How would you describe Harry Kane ball? What, some more colour around this?
2: Well, under Mourinho, it was give the ball to Harry Kane and see what he can do with it. Um, <laughs> under Which worked Poch- for a while under Pochettino, it was let's create as many chances as possible as long as we're creating them for Harry Kane, which was fine because he was taking them and Mm. because of the quality of the overall team, other players were still scoring goals as well but when you've got Ericsson and Old Deli Alley and Son and Lamella all sort of bombing on, and you're controlling midfields with players like Dembella, who we we know what they've said about him recently. It was very, very true. When you've got well, all that right. in the team, you can afford to sort of build a sort of one track minded kind of plan a kind of attack, like let's get a ball to Hurricane. Under Mourinho, It worked for a little bit, and then teams sussed out that it was all about Harry Kane and it stopped working, and we couldn't get beyond the halfway line. And Mm. Under Nuno, he tried to play Harry Kane ball. The problem was Harry Kane was not very well equipped to play Harry Kane ball, and we just don't have the players for it anymore. We don't have as good Mm. players as we did three, four years ago right now. We're trying to develop a few. We're hopefully going to sign a couple as well, but this team right now is only going to be successful if it's a completely sort of unified team ethic, like the early Pochettino team, which turned Harry yeah. Kane into what he became. Mm. So I think he will benefit from that because I think if the focus shifts to the team dynamic, he will actually end up getting more chances because we're going to be playing in a more expansive and a more kind of lateral thinking way. Um, mm. And we haven't done that for a while.
0: So. Against Liverpool, we had a bit of a run-in with a particularly nasty individual with whom we'd had issues in the past. A bit of a history repeating itself this week with Wilfrid Zaha, who a is, uh, let's say he's a slightly dislikable chap. He spends a lot of time on his back. He's, he's a grumpy, grumpy man, isn't he? He's got a very angry face for the vast majority of any football match. I've never been a big fan of him, I must say, but he, he threw his toys out of the pram a little bit in this match, didn't he? Can he have any defense for either of the yellows, do you think?
2: I think the ref did him a favor by not giving him a straight red and getting him out for the next three games, to tell you the truth.
0: There is an argument I, for it, isn't there?
2: I think the ref did him kindness by just giving him a second yellow because it mm. was a non-provoked, fairly aggressive shove. I want to get I mean, Dave's
0: opinion on this now because, sorry to cut you off, Elio, but Last week, they've said that Robertson's challenge was an orange card at best. What do you make of Zaha's contribution this week?
1: I feel like I'm understanding a trend for you guys. <laughs> you, 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 you obviously really love your club. You yeah. really want to protect your players. And you don't want them Doesn't to get everybody. hurt at all. But to say that Wilfred Zaha's second yellow card is red-worthy is laughable. Um, it was a yellow card. Um, I think it was It was a bit harsh that it was a second yellow card. But at the same time, I do think it was stupid. I yeah. shouldn't have done that.
0: Elio, did you see it? Have you seen a replay of it? Or are you going off your view from your seat now? None, no, I've seen a replay. It looks, okay, you have seen it. Because he didn't... He, I think I your think initial he, response was that it was in the face, which it obviously wasn't. It was It chest. wasn't. It was in the chest. But it was but still but, a completely unprovoked, violent shove of a guy. I
2: think, as the, the rule... <laughs>
0: I think <laughs> that's, it, as, that's your description Dave stop laughing at me
2: as the rules stand what's the cliche the commentator like to use you're, you're giving the referee a decision to make and if he hadn't yeah. got the first yellow and if he was not on a booking at that point I think the ref could have given a yellow I think mm. we've seen reds for less I'm not saying that's right but as the rules stand mm. that is violent conduct
0: I wouldn't have been shocked to put it that way but on balance for my two cents, I don't think it would have been a straight red. I think they were both completely fair yellows, though. The first one, he cynically hacked him down from behind while running back. Sanchez went down. It's interesting that it was Sanchez for both, though, isn't it? Because I can't help feeling that maybe Sanchez was saying something to him for the second one. Because he seemed to react out of nowhere. It was almost like Zidane yeah. on Matarazzi levels of just you know, unprovoked <laughs> it's, it's losing that his cool. Because-
1: because I, I messaged you, uh, you guys. I think. Oh, the, you said something the, about Zaha, the, uh, didn't you? In the group, I said, yeah. "Now that he's been booked, so guarantee. I, I bet you he gets Davinson. One of our sent players off. sent off.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because that's exactly what he did to Tyrone Mings. So he he, he got into handbags with Tyrone Mings, but then basically. Zaha won that battle of minds but mm. you know maybe that wasn't as difficult of winning the battle of minds <laughs> with David Sanchez but essentially Ming's lost it and got sent off for some needless yeah. fouls on him yeah. and and then it was, it seems in this instance that the tables had turned and it was Zaha who was who was losing it and I just didn't I, I, you know what I just didn't think he would do that mm. because of the fact that he's not 22 anymore. This is the he's thing, isn't it? The, the pinnacle, you know, he's the, I don't want to use the word talisman because it doesn't make any sense, but he's the key player for their team. Mm. You know, yeah. everything positive should be going through him because he, he be is a that, that status symbol of of the team. Yeah. And he's just, he's just thrown away his ticket mm. to the game, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah. Stupid. He's just an stupid. experienced player doing that. And that's what the commentators were saying. Like, why can I, you know, I think he's 29 as well, just to that way. It's just straight-up childish, isn't it? I don't know what Sanchez said to him, but he got a head of a nibble out of it, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: I I just think, yeah. I think Zaha is just a little bit of a scumbag, to tell you the truth. <laughs> wow. I, mean, I, mean, I don't think you're
0: gonna to get too many arguments here on that. Look, one, looking
2: yeah. past that, we're we're just talking about a guy who swan dives at every single opportunity. <laughs> I mean,
1: he makes um he makes Tom Daly look hard. I mean <laughs> Well, Lucky. I mean he was he was a regular, wasn't he? He was regular mm. most fouled player until in Premier Grealish setup. Well, until Grealish. Yeah. Mm. So maybe he's trying to reclaim his crown uh, now that <laughs> Grealish isn't isn't getting yeah. as many games as he'd maybe want at City. But yeah, it's um interestingly my we you You may remember from previous pods that my uh my mother in law is a palace fan, of course, and i haven't actually had a conversation with her about this game, but she doesn't like will sawhar oh really she thinks, she thinks she she thinks um he doesn't bring
0: as much as he as he should be bringing to the team, so yeah. I imagine he might have soured his relationship a little bit with the whole man united thing and the fact that he's just constantly linked away for bigger clubs, which you know obviously that's to be expected but He just, you know how we were talking last week about those players that play with a smile on their face and they make Mm. you enjoy football and you can tell that they're enjoying it and they seem grateful for this incredible opportunity they have and this amazing talent they've been given. He's the opposite of that, isn't he? He just looks grumpy all the time. He just looks like he resents having to go out on a football pitch and drag this Crystal Palace team up every week. Mm. And that must not put you in the best spirits as a fan. Like sure, when he scores, great, you'll celebrate and he's your best player, so that's going to happen quite a lot. But
1: I would say though, that Palace are doing the right thing in the sense that they, they signed Eze last summer, they mm. signed Alisa this
0: summer. Yeah. Mm. You know,
1: they're try- they they're essentially Positioning themselves for to be in a place where they don't have to play him. Yeah, maybe he's too big and, for the club. And, maybe and they and need to get rid of him. That might mean that he moves and they get some and they cash in on him. But although he's twenty nine now, yeah. I don't even think. I was could. amazed that Palace um, got Elise for the price they did. Like for that price,
2: I yes. really mm. wish we'd gone for him. He's such. I mean, yeah, I, because yeah. of a 2 as well. Because I, I like Eze a lot, but because of Lizzie, I've watched a lot of reading, obviously over the years, yeah. and I've seen sort of Elise a, a fair bit the last couple of seasons. And I think he is such a talent. I think he's mm. playing for for his national team. He's French, isn't he? I think he's playing for France one day. I really, really like him as a player. Also, uh, on the subject of sort of players that didn't play for Paris the other day, they were asking for this game to be postponed. <laughs> yeah
0: actually which, yeah, good point. which
2: of their outfield players was embarrassing isn't it was some scraped out
1: from the under 18s never yeah. heard of player i mean it, ridiculous yeah, I, I i didn't realize how many uh were available to be honest i mean mm. it, i wasn't of the understanding that it was quite a few of their attacking players so i said that to you guys yeah, you're gonna smash them because you, they haven't got anybody they, they're not gonna have they're not going to have Zaha, they're not going to have Edward, they're not going to have Gallagher. And then they all just yeah. rocked up. They so showed I, up. I, think, I think looking at it, I mean, it looks like Benteke
0: and mm-hmm. Desi. Yeah. Those yeah, are the two attacking, two they, attacking they players. They were trying we might it not on, have even basically. started necessarily. Yeah.
2: And the goalkeeper. And I looked at their defence and went, oh, maybe not playing. But the manager wasn't the there.
0: That was it. Vieira didn't show up, he was isolating. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know how when a player goes down and pretends to be fouled in the box, they get booked for simulation. Maybe Crystal Palace should have some kind of sanction for faking a team crisis.
2: Even on their bench, I mean, they had Schlupp, they had Redevold, they had Ferguson, who's done well so far this year. Mateta, who was a fairly sort of big signing for them. I mean, this wasn't sort of. No. Down to the bare bones. Like I'm ridi- This is
0: this makes me sick. I think yeah. they should
2: be punished for actually asking for it at this moment.
0: And th- and there we are having to play academy products like Oliver Skip. I mean, you know, it's desperate time. <laughs> and Harry yeah, Kane. Harry Kane. Kane. <laughs> Harry-
1: and also I mean you know, to play Harry Kane. I have to be fair, I had to go at Chelsea, I had to go at Tuchel for only putting four yeah. subs on the bench or whatever it was. Mm. They only put seven out of nine subs on the bench. Wow. Why? To make a point, What's really? the under twenty threes for?
2: Yeah, I actually, I know, mean, I, you know, I, I consider Twitter to be a bit of a cesspit, but I did, I did post <laughs> on Twitter. What does that say to their kids that have been doing well in training? And and also, I got to say, very but big. But it doesn't w- make
1: sense. It's it completely. Doesn't. It's a paradox because Mitchell, he's one of their kids, yeah. and he was probably their best. Well, he's definitely their best player.
2: Yeah, agreed. Uh, also mm. a big well done To Matthew Wyatt Of Football. London, Who broke the news That the game Was being called off Late on <laughs> Christmas Day And yeah. made a lot Messing of people with Cancel plans. their tra- Well a lot of Their people Who who lost hundreds of pounds Because they were due to come to f- For the match from overseas And things like that mm. He, I mean just so that He could get his clicks In early I guess uh, yeah. So as long as that happens Then, then it's alright Screw everybody's Boxing Day plans but, Bloody hell um, Elliot yeah. yeah.
0: Call out or what Not, not to addressed. mention All the many aggregators that then shared that same story out all over the place so yeah that was a bit of a nightmare wasn't it i did tell you at the time oh you did oh you did yeah i mean uh, i fall into these traps so easily where were we zaha <laughs> red i'm just looking through my notes and I've, I've described zaha with a not particularly flattering word that begins with a c that is not cockwomble. character but we'll move on but yeah let's say let's say that's what i've written down right so there was two goal games
2: coming that. up
0: no, no, we missed a goal. We're still... We're not done. We're, I know it's hard to come to terms with Spurs scoring this many, but we're, we're still not done with the Palace game. We we, went, we scored the third one. And it was a guy who we've not mentioned really once yet so far. And it was Hume Min Son who popped up with yet another goal. That's what Son he does. Son
2: was having yet another of those games where he actually worked very hard. He's getting very involved. And I was just thinking constantly... If only you had a first touch, you would be the best player in the world. If you had a first touch, but he then with the one time he ever does have a great first touch is when he's hitting a shot first time, and what a beautiful, lovely death touch, fainted touch. Mm. To to, he he barely had to hit it; he just guided in the Lucas cross into the net. Lucas again. um, Uh, I mean, Son's going to be our top scorer this season. And um,
0: such a good run as well. He timed the offside track perfectly, the, the running behind. The
2: thing, the thing with Son is that he's always been a guy that scores in bursts. Last season, he got almost all his goals mm. in like the first sort of... 11 12 games of the season and then he i think he scored three more all season after that or something like that he's actually scoring pretty much every other game at the moment and yeah it, it's huge having him doing that because if he keeps doing that and then harry kane gets back to something resembling harry kane which i think mm-hmm. we all agree he is bit by bit then then we're finishing top four And he's even scoring
0: out of nowhere as well. He's scoring in games where he's not necessarily been involved. Now, don't get me wrong; there have been a few games this season, particularly early season, where he was our best player. But he's also had games where he's gone a bit missing. But he'll still pop up with a goal. He's one of those a bit like Jamie Vardy, I guess. Where sometimes you think he's not on the pitch, and then he'll score the win. A bit like
2: a a good version of Jermaine. I mean, Jermaine Defoe was a good player, so a very good version of Jermaine Defoe in that he Mm. he he's almost one chance. Yeah, yeah, and also, I don't want to criticise the guy's all-round game. I mean, he assists a lot of goals as well, generally. and yeah. and he assisted them been... in a goal in
0: that game just now. Yeah, he
2: did. And he is the reason why our season is still alive, uh, mm. quite frankly, after the shambles that it started. So uh, I don't want to criticise the guy's all-round game. He has got a good all-round game. He just doesn't have a good first touch, and he's a bit heads down sometimes, it's... and it's frustrating. Yeah. It's just because I watch him and know what he is capable of, <laughs> yeah. i get frustrated when he looks a little bit more sean wright phillips than raheem sterling basically um...
0: i thought you were going to say sean longstaff there earlier <laughs> it's funny because you know how you were saying earlier how if someone didn't really watch that much spurs and they knew lucas more by reputation and by highlights they'd think of him as a certain player but and- then I feel like people think of Son as this kind of...
2: They think of him like a Cristiano Ronaldo. World-class
0: yeah. player. Yeah, and he, he is a great player. And you might define him as world-class. I don't like the expression world-class personally. But, you know, he is a top player and one of the best strikers of the last few years. But, like, you could quite easily make a compilation of him looking like Gregor Raziak. Like, he's, his first touch <laughs> is an issue sometimes. And his his close control it's not like Lucas we were talking about this the other day weren't we how he's not a dribbler he can knock the ball and run onto it his goal against Burnley is the classic example where he just bombed past everybody it wasn't intricate dribbling in and out weaving in and out of players it was just it was like Gareth Bale used to do to knock and run that's um, the thing though it's
2: not like Gareth Bale because Gareth Bale could dribble out of a tight space Gareth Bale had a trick Gareth Bale could Mm. could do a sort of uh what's it called that a Maradona turn on the ball and whatever (laughs) I mean Gareth Bale had more five star skills I'd say, listen, without saying anyone's as good as anyone or anything like that, mm. and especially sort of different generations, so different kind of responsibilities on the pitch, if Lucas is a ginola with all the tricks and the jinking in and out and the entertainment factor, Son's more of yeah. a Ryan Giggs, great straight line runner, yeah. great sort of, uh, great kind of move, a very hard worker as well. Mm. I think that's the way I'd look at it. Like,
0: but with two feet?
2: Yeah and and hopefully fewer um
0: stop there affairs with his relatives <laughs> other halves um alleged alleged this is that that's dave's line dave's the one who's supposed to bash on the man united players dave would you take son or giggs I'm trying to walk him back <laughs> dave thought i was going to go somewhere
2: worse i think so you I, mean, I think i did To be yeah. Honest.
1: Yeah.
0: tell us about wayne rooney no <laughs>
2: please don't he um, won
1: today did he Oh god! Oh, well. Yeah, bottom of the league, though. Don't worry about it. I won't ask what he won, but
2: okay. in in fairness, Torrini, I, I don't like uh United. I don't equalized. like anything
1: that comes after that start of a sentence. <laughs> I want to hear it though. Derby did have a huge points deduction. Mm. Well, because they didn't play by the rules and they deserved it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm not saying they, they did.
2: didn't. You really hate Derby County? I don't
0: you really hate, hate Spain, Derby really County. Really. I I enjoy it when people get what they deserve. Dave, did Spurs get what they deserved in their last two games? They were they worthy winners? Nice segue. You should, you should present podcast. I should, shouldn't I? I'm good. At this.
1: Um, they did, of course. They did. They were the better team.
0: That's
1: what we like to hear, and it's a
0: refreshing change. And they should have been. And we said this. At and the start. get this. Speaking of refreshing changes, we said this three weeks ago. We said the only tough game that you've got is Liverpool. You should win every other one. We did say that, you're absolutely right. Dave, you got in the way of my next segue and I was going to say, speaking of refreshing changes, Spurs have gone from being the bottom place team in terms of distance covered to being the first place team in terms of distance covered, since Conte took over. I mean, that's spectacular, isn't it? Is that because we haven't played? <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be partly to do with that. Yeah. I
2: mean, we outran you when we played yeah. you, in fairness.
0: I mean, it's difficult chasing after true, all those true. players scoring goals against you, isn't it, Dave, to be honest? So. Right, we, we did our best. You did. Well, we'll, we'll do you a favour and we'll skip over Leeds for the time being, because... Thank you. We don't want to talk about that game for a number of reasons. But we do want to talk about our next game which we're kind of doing a a bit of a time paradox here because we're talking about a game that has happened but it hasn't happened. So uh so yeah, Dave, what do you make of Spurs match against Southampton? How did Spurs do? For our listeners well, who watched I it mean, yesterday.
1: We we've, we've talked so much about how Mr. Ralph been so good, but that that red card was uh, was crazy and the fact that he dropped I know. It, Hassan Hutto in the face <laughs> is very surprising. <laughs>
0: But if I was think really it was great. Deserved. You'd
1: expect it.
0: I think it was deserved. Yeah. Do you think that changed the game? Do you think that's the point where we lost our 3-0 lead?
1: Yeah, well, it certainly was a game changer. I, I, who I was mad of the match for you. I think the biggest shock for me was James
2: Ward-Prowse celebrating his winner by running to the touchline and tearing Conte's wig off his head and <laughs> throwing it to the ground. That was the biggest. <laughs> <for> and <laughs> then
0: kicking it into the top corner
1: from a free kick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, we're going to have to cut this,
1: aren't we? No, no, any, not this is any, great stuff. any real life game would be a disappointment. We here. are, are yeah. going to have
0: to move things along, though, because we've just crossed the hour mark by my reckoning. And we do have a few more things to talk about, not least challenge Elio, but we'll save that for the end. But uh, the other thing. In all seriousness, I'd appreciate if you beat Southampton. You would do you a big favour, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, well, they did us a favour, actually, it's worth mentioning, because they've just beaten West Ham, which is great, because obviously it's um, West Ham... Yeah, I didn't see points. that coming, to be honest. <laughs> no, they're in the... Dro- but, but also, having watched the highlights of that game, I don't think it's cause for concern, because I think they got a little bit lucky. They scored a bit of a a bolt from the blue, long-range goal, and the other the penalty was very suspect. And they, I think they, they stumbled their way through that one a little bit. So I'm not thinking, wow, this team just beat a very good West Ham team. We should be scared. But who knows? Who knows? Let's see what happens when it... I'll
2: tell you from out. now, the midfield against Southampton will contain both Harry Winks Ooh. and Deli Alley.
0: You could have just looked very silly right now with the game having taken place, but let's mm. see. Let's see how you do. You reckon? You reckon there's going there to be any rotation? I mean, is that a rotation? Two games apart.
2: Mm. They both have played well lately, but didn't mm. even get a minute the other day. I think Lucas is actually, despite being our best player, I think he's not going to start. I think he's going to be sacrificed because he played every minute of the game the other day while Son and Kane both came off early. So I think, yeah, we're going to go 3-5-2 with Winks and Deli both in the side. Definitely the 3-5-2 part and Winks. Delior or and, and Dombolo? let's see. But uh, mm. I might look very silly when we're talking about <laughs> this later. Oh,
1: I don't I don't know. I don't know, mate. I think I, I. if I was Conte, and I'm not, but if I was, I'd go full power for Saints and Watford and then chance my arm against Chelsea and then play the kids against Morecambe.
0: The thing is, you say full power, but these are players who have all performed well. So maybe it's yeah. a case that we finally had the luxury of being able to rotate a little bit. Because I was they about to say, well isn't it nice? Liverpool that you hear uh, if, if you said True. to us a few weeks ago i reckon we're gonna go winx in delhi you'd be thinking oh we're obviously resting our first team and playing these fringe players just because they're the only options whereas that actually sounds like an exciting prospect i actually would want to watch that midfield now which i never thought i'd say so mm-hmm. it's nice that we've arrived at that point which is a- so you're
1: going to throw away the sense game great
0: yeah yeah, Appreciate yeah. It. exactly so um so yeah uh, if you're listening how did we do Probably not very well, I expect. But uh, a game that we are going to get this podcast up in time for, uh, well in time for, because it's not going to be for quite some time yet, is the first leg of the semi-final of the Carabao Cup against a team that we talked about at great length last week. Had some very nasty things to say about. Chelsea. Elio, I asked you when the draw was about to come through, who did you want to face? And you said arsenal because you can't face yeah. having to play them in the final now the dust are settled how are you feeling about the draw away at chelsea for the first game
2: um we always seem to get chelsea in semi-finals mm. it's been boring really um we usually lose to them as well but yeah. we might be getting them at the right time with us on an upward trajectory and them having a little bit of a stutter so so we'll we'll mm. we'll see
0: when is the game it-
2: uh the first leg's I think mid January, the second leg's end okay. of January. So, so it's all quite simple. It's so, so a little while away, but so I, I think it's gonna be very hard at this point to overcome them. Mm. I'm glad we're at home second leg. This will be a big test of Conte. I'm trying to get in as many cliches as I can and, yeah. and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um
1: I <laughs> imagine... so this game's quicker than you think it is, by the way. It's um yeah? 5th of January is the first like Twelfth of January, second Bloody leg. Hell. That's very that is soon. close, so... Well, so, to yeah, be honest... You got, and you've got the FA Cup game in the middle. This is probably
0: the best time so far this season to be playing Chelsea, if there is a good time. Been True, but really Leclar, good season, back but now,
2: and he played well. And he the scored. Game he, he did, on, so, he did. So we I think see. we're
0: we're probably fourth favourites for that tournament as far as the bookies are concerned, I would imagine, given so, Arsenal's form of late. But
2: I think I want us to win it, but at the same oh, time, yeah. I think right now, if you told me, win the semi-final against Chelsea... Or win our next two games against Southampton and Watford, which will also take place before the next pod. So we should probably talk about it a mm, little bit. I yes. take the two league wins.
0: Wow. I imagine that would not be a unanimous decision. But Maybe not. I understand but it nonetheless.
2: I love the league cups that I've seen us win, but yeah. at the same time, a good side finishes high in the league. We yeah. won an FA Cup the season, they got relegated. And I know Wigan, most Wigan fans I've ever spoken to, and there's not that many, admittedly, because why would I? Mm. But uh, most Wigan fans I've ever spoken to do say that they wouldn't change that fact. It was worth it. But with the greatest of respect, we're also not Wigan. They will always remember the time they won the FA Cup. I want us to be in the Champions League next season. So I I would rather we won our next two games, even if... But you don't want
0: us to play a youth team against Chelsea, though. Oh, God, no. God, no. Covid aside, you shouldn't have to. No, No, we shouldn't. Mm. They'll claim that they'll have to, but they obviously won't.
2: Too sure. Um, will choose fewer subs than ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He won't even have a bench. Dave, what is your prediction for the remaining fixtures of the Carabao Cup? Both legs and the final. How does it go from here on out? I'm going to put you on the spot.
1: Um, You guys are flying. Chelsea are wobbling. Mm. Second legs at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. No reason why you can't win that. Obviously, you'll play Arsenal in the final.
0: <laughs> obviously. It's never happened. As far as I'm aware. And uh and you'll probably win. That's the answer I was hoping for. Well done. You passed the You're test. Welcome. Elio, You're welcome. do you think that's Happy uh, Christmas, everyone? Yeah, that would be a lovely present, wouldn't you, it? Elio, you, do you agree with that? You you know I don't um, <laughs> I don't predict such things. <laughs> Even though you just confidently predicted our midfield with the game already having taken place. But yeah. I would
1: clarify, I totally on board with Elio's idea of winning the next two games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if it's a case of fourth over the trophy, fourth and probably. We've got gives us such a, chance a good to opportunity win
2: more because Arsenal have their game tomorrow postponed, whereas we've got our mm. game tomorrow happening against Southampton. So we win tomorrow against Southampton. Arsenal's next match isn't until Sunday, I believe. I think we're playing first this weekend. I oh, know, maybe they're also playing Saturday. I'm trying to check. No, they're playing on Saturday against Manchester yep. City, whereas we're playing against mm. Watford. So we That time they op- had some
0: hard opponents. Sorry,
2: But by, by the end of this weekend, we have the opportunity to draw level on points with Arsenal and still have two games in hand on them.
0: Not to mention, we are playing them on the 16th of January.
2: So I think... Right now league is everything. And yeah. Watford have a couple of our ex players as well. They've got Danny Rose and Sissoko. Danny Rose has been a bit of a mm. failure for them, but they do quite like Sissoko. Someone has to. Um but uh, but they're not they're not actually terrible, Watford. They're they're giving mm. it good especially since Ranieri came in, they're giving it a good sort of scrap down there and I think they've got a chance of staying up at the expense of one of the two sides that were in the Premier League, either Burnley or Newcastle. I, I yeah. think, I think they're really sort of giving as good as they get at the moment, and it's not going to be dead easy, especially at their grounds. But mm. you'd hope we'd beat Watford.
0: Well, they've got one of the inform strikers in the league, haven't they? And Emmanuel Dennis. I mean, it was Josh King had a bit of a purple patch, and then he dried up, and suddenly Dennis stepped up and started banging them in, and. That's all you need, isn't it? I mean, one striker performing is enough to keep you up and it's enough to cause an upset. So
2: I'm just sad that it doesn't appear to be televised, so we can't have any fantastic yeah. sort of montage of Conte against Ranieri <laughs> with some bombastic Italian operatic music yeah. precursing it. That 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 It
0: would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Maybe yeah, Max. Just, we'll today. do that. Why don't we do that? We can make podcast? it. Yeah, we can make it ourselves. <laughs> fine.
1: You're I think um I think also you know you need to similar to football manager I think I think when you play football manager you you kind of like to hedge how hedge your bets in terms of how far you're progressing in the competition and ultimately you're looking for the top 4 of the Premier League mm-hmm. you're in the final four of the, of the uh, League Cup and you go home against Morecambe in the in the FA Cup third round I mean I know where I'd be resting all my players yeah <laughs> Troy Parrott is going to score a hatful Oh, Troy well, Parrot's on the, loan and uh, not doing particularly well so Getting back loan. yeah January in it.
0: Recall him. Speaking of Football Manager, when are we doing the the Plus Dave Ultimate Draft tournament? I think it's uh, long overdue. I think we should set something up. What do you think? I think I think we should do it. I think it'd be yeah, fun. I but uh,
1: uh, there has to be a uh, you can't sign anybody that doesn't have some kind of Spurs connection. I think that's, <laughs> that
0: I think you should have to pick someone who plays for or has played for Spurs for at least 5 of your picks or something like that. More on that to follow, but we'll get on to that. Right, so Closing thoughts on those games? I mean, we're going to get them to challenge Elio. We've got a couple of things to go into. But how are you feeling, Elio, having had Christmas, looking back on the year, where we are in the league? A few games in hand, fifth place, unbeaten under Conte, two wins in a row. How are you feeling as a Spurs fan right now?
2: I'm feeling good. We've won four out of six under content the league and drew the other two. We've got four clean sheets. We're we're playing purposeful, aggressive football again against Palace. Even before Zaha half- sending off, we dominated possession against Liverpool. We played more of a counter attacking game. I think. I think it's nice seeing a varied and intentful Spurs side. It's nice seeing individual players actually playing at a high level again. Uh, Dave shaking his head, which suggests to me Manchester United might have just scored <laughs> um, and. And and, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the way 2021 is ending from a football perspective. It's the best it has been for a while as a
0: Spurs fan. So no, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. So speaking of 2021 ending, I couldn't help myself with the end of the year approaching and this being our last podcast of 2021. And it's been an up and down year, but uh, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to look back at the calendar year. So obviously second half of last season as well. And just ask you to single out a few, uh, let's call them the Plus Dave Awards of 2021. And um, Elio and Dave, I'd like you both to try and tell me what you think have been your player of the year, Spurs player specifically, but Dave, you can throw some Leeds players at us if you want, or a Spurs player, it's fine. Yeah, there's no strict rules you don't, you don't care about ladies no I do I do <laughs> and I, I can at least pretend to no I do although you're player of the year I can probably hazard a guess player of the year match of the year moment goal. of the year I want a crazy moment of the year and goal of the year yeah so we're not saying just this season we're going back to the second half of last season and Elio I know how good your memory is so I don't expect you to have too much trouble um, filtering <laughs> through this and coming memory up with man. an answer I don't know if you've actually prepared answers for this or not but I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts where do you want to start
2: um what what are the categories you want me to go for again? So, what let's player.
0: Let's, start with player. let's start with player. Let's start with your player of the year and that includes the second half of last season. Who's been the most consistently good player for well, you?
2: It's hard because first half of this season it's been all about Son, second half of last season it was all about Kane. Mm. But uh, second half of last season Son wasn't very good and first half of this season Kane's not been <laughs> very good. So you <coughs> yeah. almost have to weigh the two up against each other. Is um, it necessarily
0: one of those two though? Yes. Yeah, I've gone for really. either of them. Can I throw a suggestion in to see if you maybe agree? Go on. What about Hugo? That's a that's
2: actually a very good suggestion. I think not that, to put words
0: uh, in your mouth, but I no, thought no, maybe no, that, you might go in that direction.
2: That is very valid. I mean, Hugo is someone who's been consistently good for a couple of years, not really making that many mistakes anymore. So, yeah, I think Hugo would be a good shout. Um I think Kane last season was just phenomenal, how he yeah. didn't actually get player of the year. I'll, I'll never know with some of what he achieved in terms of making mm. and scoring goals. I know he started this season slowly, but I think now that he's getting back into a bit of form, yeah, I think I'm going to... I I don't know. Go
0: for Son? I think it's, that <laughs> half season was so good, it almost makes up for this season, doesn't it? I mean. There's a reason he was in the reckoning for Ballon d'Or voting, even if he didn't finish very high, because of last season.
2: You know what? Screw it. I'm not even going to go for any of these guys. These guys have all given (laughs) in Spurs what I expect. I'm going to go for Gareth Bale for a few games at the end of last yes. season where he rolled back the years reminded me what a true <laughs> magician a looks like answer. and actually like the Gareth Bale that, that we all know that's um, a great answer
0: and you know what, that's this is what I wanted out of this. Like, this this doesn't have to be this kind of analytical thought up process it's personal it's your player of the of the year but he brought Gareth me
2: Bale, a little bit I of understand. joy at the end of last season and he, he he I mean was it against Leicester he scored that hat trick as well right uh, right at the end yeah. of the season um, Amazing. when we tore them apart. I think he got two hatches, actually, didn't he? And <laughs> I just, I don't know, I just love the guy. I, I would still take yeah. him back now and put his hamstrings <laughs> under the Conte test as he well. He would really struggle truth. in
0: this system, wouldn't he? But were, <laughs> do you remember, not that long ago, there were rumours that he was coming back? Hilarious, but that would be lovely. Um, all right, Elia, let's keep it rolling. And I have a feeling you might have just hinted at your answer to the next one, actually. Game of the season. Is that um, one? Is that Leicester game? Game of the year. Game of the year. Sorry, How do you
2: mean? Do you mean the best game to watch or my
0: favourite your... game or the most important? You can interpret it however you want. Yes. What was your, your, your favourite game?
1: Player of the year, I haven't actually gone for someone who <laughs> played <laughs> well all year
0: for you guys. Okay. We'll come to you in a moment, Dave. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm game of the
1: year?
2: <laughs> I would say the 3 0 loss to Manchester United because <laughs> that is the game <laughs> that made answer. us go out and get Antonio Conte.
0: El Sacico. That, yeah, that's a
2: great answer.
0: Brilliant. All right. um, Goal of the year. I have a feeling I know what mine is.
2: I was considering going for the the Rabona against Arsenal, but the way that match... Was that this year? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. But to
2: tell you the truth, the way things ended up in that game, the way sort of what he did later on in that game as well, kind of ruined it for me a little bit. So so I'm going to go with Lucas against Norwich the other day. Yeah. That absolutely yeah. magical, magical goal—that was a thing of sheer beauty. So yeah, that—that's my goal of the yeah. year.
0: And I don't know if you have got one for this, but I just thought for a bit of fun, crazy moment of the year. Anything come into mind that stands out? Dave, you can you can um, jump in here if you've got any any that that you can crazy think of.
2: moment of the year. I mean, every moment's a crazy <laughs> moment of the year. Us, 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 sacking our manager a few days before a <laughs> yeah. cup final.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was absolutely bizarre, right after the whole Super League nonsense as well.
2: Having a caretaker manager in charge of a major cup final, I think, I think that's probably the crazy moment of the year.
0: To be honest, you you mentioned it a moment ago, Eric Lamella getting a red card after scoring a Rabona mm. against Arsenal. That's got to be high on the list, hasn't it? Just the combined of those two. That was pretty yeah, nuts. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Dave, you've waited patiently. I'm curious to hear your answers to these. Have you come up with anything? Um, yeah, player you, of the year. And you can throw your leads answers in as well if you want, because I am curious to hear. Well, it, it, well, I mentioned this
1: before, but my my leads answers are all from the sa- the same player in the same game. <laughs> uh, so, Leeds player of the year would be Stuart Dallas because <laughs> okay. he plays everywhere and he's amazing. Yeah, I know. Where this Match is going of now. the year is. City away yeah. when we won two one. Of course. Goal of the year is our second goal. <laughs> and the bizarre occurrence of the year is, is that him game. scoring. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Dallas. Um but yeah, from a Spurs perspective, I've I've kind of taken this as a obviously emotionless and taking out taking it out of um context to some extent. So player of the year I've gone for skip because mm. go from Norwich in the championship to a nailed on starter in a top five team is Pretty yeah, impressive. I guess we can That's count well, his time it? at Norwich.
0: I suppose as well.
1: Well, he was ever present for the championship-winning team. Yeah, and then Somewhere and then else. he stepped up a long way to be basically nailed on the start for you guys, and he's twenty-one. Um, match of the year, I put the same. Man United, nil, yeah. nil three. <laughs> Turned your season around. Yeah. Um. You know. Even sweeter if the fact that Conte rooms were to be believe that it was that he was actually waiting for their call, yeah. and then you you dived in ahead of them uh, and and beat mm-hmm. them to it which is great and and as elio mentioned earlier you dropped what four points in the league since then yeah
0: yeah and it you kept Solskjaer in the that, job just you? a little bit longer as well for you exactly so you love kept that Kept him in for the Watford game yeah um
1: goal of the year i put the Rabona from lamella yeah. <laughs> and bizarre i yeah, didn't really have anything I I, right. I I i mean yeah i don't think you can get much weirder than the manner of
0: the of Mourinho sacking, to be honest. It's that just was, been a crazy year in general, hasn't it? You don't need to pick out individual moments. It's just been a little bit wild. Well, look, if you're listening and you have any suggestions, I'm sure there are so many things that we've just forgotten. I do have that, that one other bizarre thing for the year. Yeah, go on.
2: Daniel Levy and Enoch telling us that they'd assessed where things had gone wrong, realised where they maybe had <laughs> taken their eye off the ball a bit and said that they wanted us to get back to our roots, including the type of football we played. Mm-hmm. and then going and hiring Nuno Espírito
0: right. Santo. <laughs> bizarre is an accurate adjective for that. I I must agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess it wasn't a moment was it? It was a bizarre period of time where
0: you just couldn't find a manager. <laughs> We've been living perpetually in a bizarre moment for most of the year. <laughs> imagine fairness.
2: imagine taking from April to the beginning of August or end of July whatever it is to hire a manager and then Sacking him after 10 games. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, Conte's that, first game has to go is... in the conversation for the bizarrest, most bizarre moments. That game was insane. Two oh, red what, cards, five yeah, goals. Yeah. yeah, that was nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're listening and you have any suggestions, I'm sure we've missed a few out. We we're remembering them as we go along now. So um, we'd love to hear your ideas for obviously player of the year, match of the year, goal of the year, and any kind of just crazy bizarre Spurs moments that have happened that we might have missed out. Please let us know. If you're new here, you can get in touch with us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Plus Dave Podcast. And you can even email us at plusdavepodcast at gmail.com. Right, guys. This is quite a lengthy podcast already. We've had a couple of games to talk about, so it's to be expected. But I think we' We are just about on time for a bit of challenge Elio action. What do you guys think? Ready? Elio's ready in his Spurs shirt. Fantastic. Okay. Well look, let's uh let's get right into the first question. And true to form, this question is a Spurs question. This question only relates to this season, and that is purely because I can only get the stats for this season. What I have done is I've put together a list of statistics and metrics relating to all of our players for this season so far. I'm going to read them out to you and I urge you to get a pen and paper because you might want to take a note of some of these and remember them so I don't have to keep repeating them. And what I'd like you to do quite simply is to tell me which Spurs player this season comes out on top for all of these particular metrics. And some of the answers might be quite obvious and some of them might actually surprise you. So I'll read them all out now and then I can kind of repeat some of them as we go along. You can't just say players, you've got to tell me for which category you're choosing that player as well. So the categories are Aerial duels won, big chances created, successful crosses from open play, successful dribbles, fouls conceded, or fouls committed, basically, interceptions, key passes, backwards passes, unsuccessful passes in the final third, and tackles 1. And you know what? It's just occurred to me. That is that fouls... amount of
2: tackles one or is that percentage of tackles? No, won? it's
0: number of tackles. These are all just numbers rather than percentages. It's just occurred to me, actually, as I read this, fouls conceded is quite ambiguous. And I suspect it might actually mean free kicks one. How would you read fouls conceded? As in I'd say fouls giving fouls away, given a away foul. I'd say giving away, away a foul. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go with that. Who's going to go first? Let's give Dave the first go. Dave, which of those statistics are you going to have a stab at? Which one do you think you know the answer to? I don't know any of them. <laughs> which, which one do you think you could guess at? There aren't that many players that have played. There's, an, there's only a handful um, of them have any been successful dribbles. Yeah, Son. That is incorrect. You've got to keep a note of all the people you've written down as well. Elio, feel free to have a go at that one or another one if you want. If you've got an idea, any um, of these you think you know, or you, you've got a, a good chance of getting
2: tackles. One Oliver Skip. <laughs>
0: Tackles one is not Oliver Skip. He is in third place. And I will tell you, Dave, for fairness, that Son was second on the list. So you were close. This could be a while, couldn't it? I might have done it again. Yep. <laughs> I've picked a question that will last half an hour. I will start giving clues eventually, of course. Dave, anyone you're going to go for? You can um, have another stab at the dribbles one if you want. Crosses. Yeah. Emerson. Emerson is second. Good guess. It's not him. It's not him. You've got two seconds. I feel bad. I feel like you should get some points, but you know what? You don't. Successful crosses Reguilon. That is correct. Very well done. By some distance as well. Everyone else is kind of all grouped together. He has 19 successful crosses from open play. So Elio gets the first hit. Back to you, Dave. Interceptions, (laughs) Hybier. Do you want to guess where he is? Second. Second. Good. He is second.
2: Interceptions, Eric Dyer.
0: No, he is fourth. Oh, okay. Good guess. These are all good guesses, especially yours, Dave. Same one, skip. (laughs) Are we staying on the same one? Yeah. No, no, he's down in sixth, uh, seventh place actually. Oh, he sucks. I take it all back. Yeah, you you have perfect second place guess record. Um, You've messed it all
2: up. Interceptions.
0: We're really going for this interceptions one now. We've nearly made the whole (laughs) team, so it's it's there for the taking.
2: That's great. I'm going to go back down to tackles one. Tackles one, um, Pierre-Emile Hojbjerg.
0: Second. <laughs> Second. Are you keeping notes of game. who you've guessed for each yes. category? Because I'm not, by the way. So just, just to save too much repetition. <sighs> Big, chances well. yeah. Big chances created. Big chances created, Son.
2: No. Big chances created, Hojbjerg.
0: No, he is in seventh place. Guys, you started quite well. You, you, you're trailing off a bit now. It's a ridiculous question. It is, isn't it? <laughs> but I like it. It's different. It's probably not a question for a podcast that's already been going on for an hour and a half, but I still like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ariel
0: Jules one. Yep. Eric Dyer. It's a good guess, but you already know where he is on that list, don't you, Dave? <laughs> I don't have to tell you. He is second. I'll tell you, I, I will give you guys a clue. No, no, no. It's all right. No, no, it's, it relates to that. The aerial. What Jules. The Ariel jewels one. We're just naming the players. No, the aerial... going to tell us they're
1: all second. It's fine. I the know I'm going to guess for that one. though.
0: Okay, oh do you want to guess for it now? I was going to go for Romero for aerial Jules one. No, he's fifth. I haven't played enough games. It's it's not obvious. That's all I'm going to say. The aerial jewels one. It's not one that you'd, you'd think of. But oh, and what about Harry Kane then? No, because that would be quite obvious. No, it's not. He's third though.
2: Aerial Duels one, Lucas Moura.
0: Correct. <laughs> The master of heading himself. He out-jumped a six-foot-four centre-back the other day, so yeah. Very well done. He's won 38 of his aerial duels, which sounds like a lot. Doesn't really mean much to me, but he's top. So, <sighs> we still need big chances created. We still need... We've only had
2: two so far. We need
0: most of them. <laughs> we need most of them. <laughs> was getting fed up already. Eddie uh, like, they'd never, never make me do this in the Athletic Podcast. Fouls, Hojbjerg. No. He is fifth.
2: Fouls conceded. Skip.
0: He's fourth. We're getting closer. Well, this one's also potentially surprising. Um, son. No, he's way down. <laughs> We're still on Fouls conceded here. Yeah. Yeah? No, he's he's yeah. still way, way down.
2: Fouls conceded. Regulon.
0: No. He's sixth. <laughs> this is rubbish. <laughs> um... We've got a lot of players, haven't we? I didn't think this through. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're, there's roughly
2: it? 13, 14 potential answers for every question. Well, we
0: need to speed it up then, don't we? I'll start giving clues out if we, if we start struggling. But I think, I think you can get more of these without my help. Come on, Dave. Start peppering.
2: This is your worst question ever. <laughs> This
0: is awful. <laughs>
1: what One successful pass
0: final third. Yes. Lucas. Correct. Well done. First time. Probably not that surprising either. I thought you'd go for that one, Elio. Um, we never did key passes. I don't understand how
2: what the difference between key passes and big chances are, by the way. Um, but for key passes, I'm
0: going to go for Hojbjog. Key passes is not Hojbjog. He is fifth. Does,
1: does accidentally passing it to their striker and in scoring <laughs> no. count as a key
0: pass? Counts as an assist, I think. <laughs> All right. Would anyone like a clue for any one of them? Or do you want to keep guessing? And, and no, you can't just skip the whole question before you say it. Because our listeners are loving this. This is intense. Anyone wants to take a nap. Fowls Romero. No, that would be obvious. Even though he's not played that much. <laughs> he's on like four yellows already, isn't he? <laughs>
2: um, Fowls Harry Kane.
0: That is correct. Which is why I thought maybe I might have read it wrong, but he does he does foul quite a lot. We're getting there, guys. We're making progress. You're going to love the next question. It's even worse. We've only got six more to get. <laughs> I don't even know any, any not, players. Not, not, not only have I come up with a horrible question, I'm not even making any effort to keep we've track of we've got big answers.
2: chances we've got successful yep. dribbles we've got we've um, done successful.
0: have we done successful dribbles i think we know
2: we've got big chances successful no. dribbles no, you're right. we've got interceptions key passes backward passes we haven't neither of us have even tried that one and tackles one
0: all right lucas mora successful dribbles that's the right answer <laughs> by a long way as well yeah so he has 41 successful dribbles and the next closest is son at 22
2: Key passes, I'm gonna go with Harry Kane.
0: That is the right answer. Very well done. See, this question's easy, guys, then what you're worrying about. You're flying through this. Can I say big chances created Harry Kane? You can, and you'd be correct. Um.
2: <laughs> right, where are we? Interceptions. Yes. Emerson.
0: Nope, he's third. Good guess. Backward passes. Skip a second. <laughs> 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 the amount of silver medals you're racking up here, Dave, Course is incredible. Course he is. Course he oh, is. A good gap. Back, I think... Backward yep. passes. Hojbjerg. That's right. Correct. Very good. Dave teed you up there a little bit, didn't he? You're welcome.
2: Thank you, yeah. Dave.
0: Almost there, guys. On question one of three today. <sighs> what do we have left? Who's we been keeping interceptions
2: track? Interceptions and tackles. Yeah, that's all we got interceptions left. Interceptions
0: and tackles. That's all we've got
1: left. Who did you last put for interceptions?
0: I don't think he's uh, going to tell you. So
2: far, for interception, we've got Dyer, Skip, and Emerson.
0: Yeah, all right, Rigulon. Rig- that is the right answer. Well done. I think Dave might have just taken the lead there. I've no idea because, as I've mentioned many times, he I'm not keeping notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he hasn't. I'm been. not keeping
1: notes of who's winning. I I'm am just keeping
0: notes of who we Elio, said. Elio definitely is. That's why I'm not taking notes. <laughs> it's very important um, to him. So we're I mean, down to just tackles one. To so just tackles one. So I'm going to go with Eric Dyer. That is not right. Dave, uh, tackles one. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Region again. <laughs> Region's fourth. Getting closer. Elio.
2: I'm going to go with Lucas Mora. It's
0: a good guess, but he's actually in sixth. So it's not a very good guess after all. Well, I mean... Emerson? It was an, it was a left field guess, and he's higher than I would have thought. Emerson is the correct answer, top of the list. Very well done, Dave, and very well done both of you for getting through that.
1: Not one hundred percent sure. I get deserve a well done for getting it right. After, for getting through after it,
0: definitely. Twelve guesses. Yeah. <laughs> Process of elimination. <laughs> Name Spurs players. Name every Spurs player until you say the one I want to hear. Very good, guys. I'm Sorry if that. So question that was didn't five. Play. What's the all? scores,
2: Elliot? That was five all. Was it? Five all
0: goes west. Well, I think there that's a sign of a good question. I got aerial duels. <laughs> or a got... completely random question. But... I got aerial duels. Well, They've
2: got big chances. I got successful crosses. They've got successful dribbles. I got fouls. They've got interceptions. I got key passes and backward passes. He got <laughs> unsuccessful passes and tackles one.
0: You're very good at keeping track of this, Elliot. Maybe you should do challenge Elliot from now on. Maybe you'll I'm pick not better comm- questions as well. Maybe I'm not you convinced that it. us being exactly
1: where we were at the start is a sign of a good question. <laughs>
0: It's like it's going into extra time. It's tense. It's an exciting game. That's like saying that, you know, 90 minutes of football, if you're still level. I apologise to everybody who's not going to get those
2: 10 minutes of their life back.
0: (laughs) I could edit in a warning before when it actually goes up saying, (laughs) please know the following 15 minutes is rubbish. (laughs) Please forward ahead. (laughs) Unlike the next question, which is going to be brilliant. And if you just bear with me, I will find the question. I haven't found the question, but what I have found is... A league table for the calendar year of the Premier League, which is interesting. Care to hazard a guess where Spurs are? This isn't an official question. This is just uh, riveting stuff. Fifth, seventh. Where are Leeds? That's the big question. Where do you think Leeds are, Dave? Leeds are yeah. probably thirteenth, fourteenth. Leeds are in ninth for the calendar year. I mean, everyone has played really? slightly differing numbers of games, um but yeah, Leeds are Leeds are in ninth. Is that
2: done on points per game?
0: Uh, No, it's done on total points. So obviously you've got six teams in there that have only got half a season's worth, so it's a bit weird. And these are still low. Man City City have 107 points in this calendar year, which is outrageous. And then Chelsea are second with 82. So yeah, not that surprising considering how strong they've they've been. Anyway, I got sidetracked there. Here is my actual question. Now, what I'd like you guys to try and do, and this is not a Spurs question, I would like you guys to name the top 10 players from the calendar year this time and this is from the top five leagues in Europe, in terms of combined goals and assists this year for 2021. And this from the top leagues? Goals and assists combined. Combined top goals leagues. and assists from the top league, the top 10 in 2021 from the top five European So what leagues. are we calling the top leagues? Including European competitions? Um, Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga, Liga, and Serie A, Including Europe? Teams. No, all just league goals. No, no, all, all competitions. Oh I really? I think so. You know, it might it might actually be just league. <laughs> I don't know is the answer, but when we when you guess one, I'll tell you the number, and you can tell me if you think that's league or all competitions. I think it is just league because some of them are outrageous either way. Anyway, it, it's not relevant because they, you imagine there'll be pretty similar list either way. So it sounds like it's going to be a nice quick question. I think it's going to be quicker than the
2: last one. Is this for the calendar year? Yeah.
0: This is for the calendar year. Yeah. So, Elio, I think it's only fair that you go first this time. Who's your first guess?
2: I think the obvious one, just because the volume of goals he scored, probably didn't even need any assists to <laughs> prop it up, is Robert Lewandowski.
0: It is Robert Lewandowski. His number of goals on this is 43, which sounds like a lot for league goals, but also not impossible. Do you think that might just be league goals? No, I think that's probably about right. You think that's all comps? Or do you think that could be the, I the league? All, I think that's just the league. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like just league. Yeah, I think there might be. Only four assists, but as you say, doesn't need the assists. So that's a total of 47, and he is top of the list. So very well done. Dave, nine to go. We're doing the top
1: 10. Top 10, yeah. Oh, I could have really done with the top five. Um...
0: <laughs> You've got your places to be, Dave, like bed. Yeah, pretty yeah? much. Mm-hmm. Um, Salah. Salah is in the list at number eight, with 24 goals and 11 assists, combining for 35. Edio. Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland is number three on the list. Thirty goals, eleven assists, forty-one overall. In fact, he's he's joint second, I should say, with Dave. Harry Kane. No, Harry Kane. He's not on the list. Oh, you guys are rubbish, aren't you? Yeah, he's not done anything this year. That's why, or this season. That's true. No, Um, Harry
2: Kane. Um, Messi.
0: Messi is on the list. In at number six, quite low for him. 24 goals, 13 assists. 37 overall. Uh, Mbappe. Mbappe is correct. See, guys, this is easy stuff. Mbappe is correct. Number seven, 24 goals, 12 assists. So just one behind the on Messi on 36. Um, Memphis Depay. No. I believe he was just outside the top ten, but I've cropped him. He was close, but he's not there, I'm afraid. That's you, Dave. So I believe we're missing number two, number four, number five, number nine, and number ten.
1: Horrific moment where I'd completely forgotten his name, but um, Vlaovic.
0: Vlaovic is there, correct. He is number five with an outrageous 33 goals and six assists. I don't think we're going to, but I really do hope we sign him. Uh, Lukaku? No Lukaku. I think we're getting into slightly more challenging territory here. There's still one, one I expect one of you will think of at least before I start giving clues out. Uh, Ronaldo. No, Ronaldo. I think he was eleventh. I think I cut him off. Just for you, Dave. Actually, I cheers. I you to have the to... equivalent of number two.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Um, Manchester City scored so many goals. Surely one of theirs, is yeah. There. But the problem is, yeah, they, they all spread spread it uh, They spread it around. Like so Gundawan's is their uh, top scorer or something. I was actually, I'm, I'm torn yeah. between him and De Bruyne. I think I'll go for De Bruyne.
0: No, no, De Bruyne. There's no Man City. Oh, I think a couple more guesses and I'll start giving you leagues. Maybe narrow it down a bit. Um, Benzema. Benzema is number two, joint with Erling Haaland. They're this one. He's doing well. Yeah, thirty goals and eleven assists.
2: Um way. Anton Griezmann.
0: No, Anton Griezmann. Nah. I'm afraid. I think we might just be missing uh, we're missing 3. So we've got number 4 and then number 9 and 10. 9 and 10 are relatively tricky. Number 4 big name but might not be the first one you think of. Hmm. One more guess Dave and then I'm going to start giving leagues. Neymar? No Neymar. I don't think he's played enough. Uh right. So two of these guys are Bundesliga and one is Serie A. The uh, only one from Serie A actually. Kaiser? Um, no. No Chiesa. Two Bundesliga 1 Serie A. Any ideas, Dave? Yusuf Poulsen? No. Elio, do you need more clues?
2: I'm going to go with um, Muller.
0: Muller's number four. Very well done. Wasn't <laughs> sure you'd yeah. get that one. He's actually got... Oh, this is incredible. He's only got 10 goals, but he's got 30 assists. That's outrageous, <laughs> oh, isn't it? That's got to be... You know what? That's amazing. A guy who's not... Don't don't talk about that enough. It's it's almost... almost I think he's the most underrated player
2: of his generation.
0: That's the thing. We were talking about this last week, and I think he's he's so underrated, but I think people have started recognising how underrated he is recently, which makes him rated... But yeah, his Levin Golfsky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thirty assists. A guy who's not on this list, but I remember seeing something recently. Um, uh, is it Dusan Tadic? Is that his name? At yeah, Aj- he's, I- seeing it yeah. For yeah. I- he's in Holland. He's in Holland, but he's just broken the record You'd for get uh, five assists. Goals at some point. No, for assists in um, in the league. He broke Messi's record of all people. Yeah, it's in Holland, but still something. But he's not on this list. So we just looking at 9 and 10 Just now. 9 and 10. And one is Serie A and one is Bundesliga. And, and it's clue time. Excellent. Hit me. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a clue time after your Orgo, because Elio went first. Oh, so it's only fair, come Dave. Come on. But you've done so well so far that I have faith in you to get one of these guys without a clue. So just go for it. Dybala? No, Dybala. He had a pretty
2: cool season. Didn't
0: he? All right. Elio, would you like to know their Goal tally, their assist tally, or their uh, nationality? I'm going to go
2: for Lautaro Martinez. That's not
0: right, I'm afraid. i got called, okay. Nationality, you. please. You want nationality. Okay, I'm going to give you the one that I think will narrow it down less, and he is Portuguese. Oh, Portuguese. And plays in either Serie A or the Bundesliga. I won't tell you which. I
2: I've think I'm Elio, going from that place. do you
0: think you know it? I think you might get this, Dave.
1: No, I'm drawing a blank.
0: You going skip? You can Oliver, yeah. Elio can have it. Elio?
2: I think it's Andre Silva. It
0: is Andre Silva. Just because he's the only
2: Portuguese player I can think of of any repute in
0: either league. He is indeed. Didn't you do a, a Bundesliga FM save? I thought you might get that one. I thought it might be on your radar. <laughs> I did, but I think he played back. for AC Milan when I was. Oh, did he? Oh, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too familiar. He's got twenty four. Shipped goals. out pretty sharpish. Twenty four goals in ten assists thirty four overall, and we're just missing number ten, who I will tell you, Elio, is a Colombian. Oh, and you can also great, work that's out. Dave's go. No, is it's it? Not go,
2: I just got Andre Silva.
0: Oh no, you did. Oh yeah. Okay, well that's fair. Dave's Clue didn't help him last time. Maybe it will help him this time. Colombian, and you you can work out the league as well. So it's a Colombian in Syria. That's right. So this a is where the fact
1: there. that
2: I've been playing FIFA recently is going to help me. Yeah, Zapata.
1: It must be Zapata, right? It is Zapata.
0: However, there are other Colombian strikers in Serie A, I believe. I mean, is, is it Muriel was the other one who... Is he, is he also... I, I was the
2: Zapata's the only one I'd have gone for. Another yeah. draw, five all. Another draw. Well, wow,
0: right. see, this is tense. You guys, I I think this we is might the sign as well of not great, be bothering. great quizzing. Great quizzing. This is tense. It's you I know all going put- into the final... It's I all down to the Who Am I?
2: This, is, this hasn't really been Challengelio so much as it has It, has, just been it was
0: never challenge Challengelio. That was the secret. Name players. <laughs> <laughs> it's stab in the dark. It's, it's just a lottery, isn't it? <laughs> all right. Well, we come on to our third and final question today. This next round is the Who Am I game, where well, I will read out a series of clues. And... Darren Anderson. No. Right. Night, everyone. <laughs> It will never be Darren Anderson. And so this is the round where I read out a series of clues about a player who has or does play for Spurs. And the guys will try and guess who I'm talking about. So, first clue. I'm 5 foot 10 inches tall. (laughs) It's not Darren Anderson. Who's going first? Doesn't matter, does it? Second clue. I have played 105 games for Spurs. I'm going to keep naming 105. The clues. There's no going first. You can just both shout out. But if you shout out once and you're wrong, you've got to give the other guy a guess. That's 105, how we're doing. yeah? 105. <clears throat> Moving on. I have played for three current Premier League clubs. Next clue. I never won a top flight league, but I have won cups in two countries. Next clue. <laughs> Next clue. I scored for my country at two World Cups. Any closer? Anyone starting to put together an idea? Okay. Next clue. My middle name is Winston. (laughs) Surely you must know who it is now, guys. Surely. I have played in three top flight leagues. Okay. Okay. Leonardson, No, that no, is not right. But I'm glad we finally got a guess. I thought you guys were going to sleep. Um, <laughs> I've run out of paper to write these, these, fa- these facts down. I have played in a World Cup semi-final. Now we're narrowing things down a bit. Anyone want to hazard a guess?
2: I have a guess, but do I need to give Dave a stab first?
0: Not necessarily. I think we were just saying you shout it out, but if you're wrong, then you can't say another one until they've had a go. Or well, I
2: did say one and it was wrong.
0: No, but not since the last clue, you didn't. Okay,
2: Stefan Freund.
0: No, it's not Stefan Freund. Dave, would you like a guess or am I going to give you the next clue? It is not Stefan Winston Freund. Next clue, please. Next clue. I have played in the North London Derby and El Clasico. Any ideas? Popescu. No. Okay, this one's interesting.
1: Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang yeah. on. Oh,
0: no. Sorry. No? Who are you thinking? We had Vanderbilt last week, so it wouldn't be here I was again. thinking of Gary Winston Lineker. Gary Winston Lineker is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Outrageous. Very oh, well that's done. Because
1: I, that's because I wrote down two World Cup goals, not he scored World scored Cup in goals two in two World, World Cups.
0: Cups. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Gary I, mean, I had to make them. Winston. Yeah, it is. I learned that today. On his Wikipedia, yeah. Bloody hell, took a I while. That, but
1: that means I win, so that's cool. It means that you win, win overall. Win. It,
0: means that, it means that all that last half an hour was for nothing for Elio. How do you feel, Dave? You
2: finally won one. I
0: feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel amazing, yeah. As does well And you're very high. good at the Who Am I game, I have to say. You're, exactly. Considering they yeah. are technically Spurs I've questions. Practically got a streak going on, so on Yeah. Game. So, Gary Winston Lineker also once donated a six figure sum to help save his boyhood club from liquidation, being Leicester. Might have been a clue. Another clue that I didn't get onto, Dave, which I don't know if this would have helped you, but it certainly would have helped you before Elio, I imagine. I was offered a trial by Leeds United before joining my first club. Did you know that? I didn't. I so didn't there know you go. Know. Um, and the last clue was just a quote from him saying, football's a simple game. 22 men chase the ball around for 90 minutes, and in the end, the Germans always win. Nice quote. So there you have it. Gary Lineker. Gary Winston Lineker. I don't think I could ever watch Match Today in the same way now that I know that that's his name. As far as I know, he is not a qualified helicopter pilot. Um, (laughs) Dave is the winner of this week's Challenge Elliot. So very well done. Guys, that's a pretty colossal episode, but we did have two games to talk about. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's why I don't feel quite so bad. But of course, we're going to have a game or two to talk about next week. And let's hope that as people are listening to this, we've just won another game. Any closing thoughts before I let you both go to bed?
2: Do better quizzes.
0: (laughs) I
1: guess happy Christmas and happy new year and all that. Absolutely. Happy new
2: year to everybody who puts up with the duration of this podcast yeah may 2022
1: bring you yeah shorter podcasts shorter more succinct and to the point podcasts
0: (laughs) fantastic well let's close things off thank you In all seriousness, thank you guys for uh, putting up with a very long podcast, and it's been great. And I'm glad that we had a couple of wins to look back on and talk about. I hope as many of you as possible join us next week, where we're going to be looking back on the Southampton game and looking forward to a couple more games in the league as well. And our first 2022 episode, and uh, of course we will have the return of hopefully a slightly snappier challenge, Elio. But until then, you stay classy, Spurs fans, and we will see you again next week.